Welcome, everybody, to this edition of Buildings on Fires, Taking It to the Streets, FDID, FDID, FDIC edition. I'm your host, Christopher Naum, and joining me is my esteemed colleague and brother that all of you very much well know, uh, Chief Doug Klein, who's, again, combining our programs here today with um, fire and training with Chief Klein and Buildings on Fire, Taking It to the Streets. So it's our esteemed opportunity and our pleasure to be talking to you all uh, both live on our podcast and streaming live here from FDIC. So, Doug, what do you think so far? Man, the buzz that's out there. If you happen to hear background yeah. noise, there are people that are jamming the hallways. They're transitioning from classes. The opening ceremonies this morning were phenomenal, honoring the late, great Bobby Halton. But uh, Chief Rhodes, God, what, what a message yeah. that he brought. And I'm going to tell you, he said about recharging batteries, man, I got like a hot shot. I'm ready to go. This is exciting. And the buzz here, it's a packed house already. Uh, there's more people coming in. It's, it's just great to be back in Indianapolis, FDIC International 2023. No question. So, so opening day ceremonies uh, commenced here this morning. Uh, Chief Rhodes gave a phenomenal, inspirational uh, presentation that I think was not only spot on, I think for any one of us that were in that packed uh, hallway, um, Chief Halton was was talking to us directly or indirectly. And I, I certainly felt his presence to to such an extreme with, with that uh, very insightful conversation, as well as all the presentations. And a good friend of our program and a good friend of, of fire engineering with uh, Chief Danny Sheraton from FDNY, who gave a, a very inspirational uh uh, keynote today and again we were hoping to have him on our program uh, again he's he's got he's all over the place he's committed to some things but again for many of you that uh, are familiar with our program and our shows both uh, for our uh, fire and training as well as our buildings on fire program uh, chief sheridan is also a contributor and typically a very common guest on our cross-pollinated programs when we have our multi-part series. So uh, again, welcome everybody. And again, as, as Chief Klein mentioned, the buzz is out there. We're, we're in the fishbowl. So the fishbowl is, is in the cross-section of FDIC. For many of you that may have been here in the past, and for some of you that may be listening in uh, either on the floor or out and about, or maybe even the classrooms as they transition out, there is a tremendous buzz out there and some really good things. So in case you hear some, some background noise, uh, it's just coming from the amount of individuals that are walking around. So our program here today, again, coming live from FDIC, is really talking about taking to the streets. So what better place to be than Indy and what better uh, discussion points to talk about buildings, buildings on fire, talking about training in the FDIC environment. So for many of our loyal listeners and for some of you that may be listening in for the first time, you know, we've often talked about everything dealing with the built environment, talking about fire ground operations, talking about training, but it really lends itself back to the focal point of understanding our built environment, the demands that the built environment has, and focusing in on occupancies and occupancy risks and occupancy types and, and many of those things that are part of our programs. We've, did, we've done mega mansion training programs. We did our row houses. We did commercial firefighting operations over the last uh, two years. Yep. And Doug, now you just finished off your pre-con uh, yesterday. And that particular topic was? Uh, tactical considerations and operations in resort fires. And we did a series on that as well. And and it goes back to exactly what we're talking about is being out in the streets, 
knowing your buildings, knowing the issues that you're facing in pre-incident surveys and, and planning and training, understanding the, the dynamics of the building, what type of fire behavior and fire dynamics are going to occur, and the predictability of both. And we talk a lot about that. So just a great classroom. I, I'm going to tell you what, I had some of the most engaged people and I challenged them. I said, you guys are coming in. You have some knowledge. And that's something that I'm asking everybody that's listening, everybody that will view this at a later time period is you have knowledge, knowledge about a lot of things. And that knowledge is power, but only if you share it. Yeah. And, you know, the dynamic discussions that were going on in, in my program yesterday, you know, on resort fires and, and the considerations and the tactics and the operations that go with that were just phenomenal. And I had folks from across the United States, from coast to coast, from border to border, and we crossed over the border into Canada. I had you know, two different individuals from different parts of the Canadian land, and God, insights that they brought were so great, so great. It's, it's interesting because, again, the catalyst for your program was Chief Halton. So Chief Halton, actually, I'll let you explain. So Chief Halton gave you the vision that uh, culminated here with your program and presentation yesterday. He did. Um, we had Chief Halton down to South Carolina, to the South Carolina Fire Chiefs Association. Uh, he was the banquet keynote speaker. The incoming president wanted to have him there because he was so inspirational to him by coming to FDIC. Uh, he knew I had a connection to Chief Halton, and I called Bobby up and said, hey, they, can I get you to do this? He said, absolutely. So, Uniquely enough, we're at the Doubletree Resort in Myrtle Beach, and we're sitting out there. We're having lunch, and and Chief Halton looks at me and says, you know, nobody has done anything on resort fires. And I said, no, I've actually not ever heard any anybody do a program, not seen anything, you know, at FDIC or any of that type of stuff. I said, you know, you, you're right. Nobody has. He said, well, guess what? You are. Yeah. And I was like, bad, yeah. Yes. And well, then he said, vision, look right? around. He said, you run all this stuff. You go to these. You go to the fires. This is this is a prime piece. He said, but remember, it's just not here. And he said, you're a guy that can do that. He said, you've been in a lot of different locations throughout your, you know, 40-plus year career. You can bring a lot to the table. And I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, wow, this is going to be an endeavor. And he said, it needs to be a workshop. And I'm like, okay, now you're really complicating yeah. things, yeah. but – I'm going to tell you, throughout uh, the year and, and running the little trials, the, the shows that we did, you know, prepping for this, going into the program and having the people that I had in the program, uh, the students really make the program when it's dynamic discussion, and they're bringing their experiences to it. And, you know, when I put pictures up, they're going, oh, that's so-and-so. And it's like they've been there, they've stayed there, they've actually – know where the place is at. So that was just phenomenal when they could talk about, you know, you go in behind those trees and there's a 150 foot cliff that drops off. And I was like, well, I can't see that from some of the pictures that I were gathering, but man, just chief Halton was so inspirational in that. And, you know, I even said going into it, I said, chief, I said, Bobby, I've known you a number of years. You're not here, but you got to be here today. And he sure was in that room while I was speaking. Well, I think, again, it's a, it's a testament to uh, Chief Halton's insights. It's also, I think, as, as Chief Rhodes talked about, the fact that uh, Chief Halton and Bobby, to, to, to many of us, um, his, his handprints are, are all over that. And, and again, it's, it's, it's a testament to his vision and insights and how that has transpired into a program 
And the fact that the yep. program not only has traction, but there's a there's certainly a, a need, not just a perceived need, but an actual need based upon the feedback. It was interesting when we first uh, put together our two podcasts, and we actually had combined them on both of our programs uh, last year, based upon some insights. And again, sort of to to test out the waters, we did a little bit of research. We recognized, connected some dots here uh, with much of what we continue to advocate and promote dealing with the built environment. But this, again, relative to a very specific type of occupancy type and occupancy risk hazards, uh, construction. I mean, there's just such uh, a variety of different layers. As we peel those layers back, we find and identified many other attributes. So we had the opportunity, and again, for those of you that are listening in, go back to the fireengineering.com archives on the podcast and listen in on both of our previous programs from 2022, and you'll find some of the nuggets that really became the foundation yep. for your workshop and continue to advocate and promote much of what we continue to present in our programs regarding building construction-related issues. So my program, which is going to be a classroom session, which is actually scheduled for tomorrow, we have not presented that of yet. Um, and it's funny because I got thinking of back, I think over the last 13, maybe 14, maybe even longer, but at least going back to the early 2000s, um, typically I've done or we've done collectively workshop programs where we've got a nice four-hour window. This year and this time around, I've got a uh, uh, an hour, 45-minute uh, classroom session, which is like taking that... Uh, that five pound bag and putting about 25 pounds of, of material in it. It'll yep. be challenging at best, but we're doing our program on the fire officer's guide to today's buildings on fire, which again, in the context of that short duration timeframe is going to provide some nuggets of how to deal with our built environment. And it goes back to the one thing that I want to make mention of here when you talked about resort firefighting is that the fire service in general on a national basis, although there are nuggets of very exceptional organizations and departments and agencies that are doing phenomenal work in the area of construction, building sciences, and, and, and tying that into much of what we're learning from research and insights and strategy and tactics. I would say this, that all in all, on, on the global basis, the American Fire Service, actually the North American Fire Service, is functionally illiterate when we relate that back to a, a understanding of building construction. And although we have a, a good solid basis of it, I believe that we are at a grammar school level of understanding both in comprehension, critical thinking, when we should be certainly at the collegiate, if not at the graduate level. And when we look at that occupancy risk, no better uh, served when we talk about zeroing in on the resort firefighting areas. So what would you say, Doug, are, are some of the key takeaway, takeaways when we talk about the occupancy resort based upon some things that you pre presented in terms of whether it be the occupancy risk from a planning standpoint. I know we, we talked about some challenges that developers and builders creating these very complex ground areas that don't follow the normal templates that we're familiar with, whether it be commercial. So, so I'll give you the analogy and I'll lead that into it. So many of us are familiar with very large mega site uh, retail complexes, the, the mega site uh, retail stores or the malls that were very, very common from the 80s and into the 90s and early 2000s. And I think the resort setting has turned into that. It's really created, in some instances, a small footprint type of resort on a smaller scale, all the way to the large mega resorts that are very complex, all-inclusive, 
and they are from north to south, maybe not so much on the north side, but certainly in the southeast. You go into the yeah. Florida area, Texas, and then again out into the um, areas of the west coast. But but again, there are areas of the country, whether we're in the mountains or we're in the uh, coastal seaside areas that all have these larger footprints. So what are some of the takeaways that our listeners can uh, can have a better understanding or maybe appreciation on some further research that your program is going to provide? Uh, one of the things that I did mention, you mentioned this about being at a grammar, grammar school level with our building construction. And you stop and think about it. Most Fire One programs have about four to five hours, give or take, of building construction. And you learn the definitions and kind of some pictures of type yeah. one through type five. And then we take fire dynamics or fire behavior and we spend about the same piece to it. So in the analogy of what I'm making about these buildings, which range from A to Z, uh, from the types, the, the sizes, you know, anything you can think about is there in resorts is that we're not really prepared and the predictability that you can take away if you have that knowledge. And you don't pick that back up in Fire Officer 1 or 2 or any of those. And neither one of those come back up unless you're taking a collegiate style course. Yeah. So when, when we looked at this, I looked at everything from, you know, a, a resort, quote unquote, as they call it, on a lake, which is five or six, maybe seven, ten units in an old hotel style setting at a marina or something of that nature, along a river, same concept, to a place that we go in West Virginia, Pipe Stem State Park, where we do the escape conference every year. Uh, down in the gorge is, you know, a, a place that has like six units per uh, building and it's wood frame. It's in the gorge. The only way to get there is by cable car or walk. So there's a lot of challenges that go to that. So in the program, what it does is it begins diving into the types of buildings and some of the considerations you have to take into play. The tactics that have to go in, because a lot of these buildings, as they begin to grow or they build these complexes where it has no access to some of these buildings except by foot, you know, you get really challenged. And then of course, like the one I mentioned, you know, there's a 150 foot drop off behind those trees or there's no access because of parking on either side and the beach is on the backside and you can only get up to the front limitedly. Yeah. There were so many different areas and we could talk for, like I said, four hours yeah, yeah. and still scratch it. But, you know, even in, in the things that they were talking about, it was like, what about EMS responses? And I, I really didn't get into the parking decks that are underground or underneath some of these buildings where they, they go on top. We have those all over the coastline. <clears throat> That's what they do. They put parking underneath and then go up. Um, there's a lot of challenges and the things that you run into again is your geographic locations. When you begin thinking about being in the mountains, and I showed a lot of the ski resorts and those places, those are phenomenal size facilities that have limited access. The weather is not the greatest because that's why it's a ski resort. Uh, a lot of changing dynamics. If you're in Tahoe and you get 800 inches of snow, how do you get around some of these buildings that could catch on fire? Well, it's interesting because you bring up a point. So, you know, we're talking about a very specific uh, building and occupancy type or, or series of types, whether it be a very site specific or whether it be a complex type item. And it, it actually segues back into what we've been advocating and talking about in many of our other programs. 
there are four predominant uh, fire ground reads or four predominant reads for the fire service related to the emergency scene or the fire ground in our instance. And those four reads include reading the fire ground, reading the building, reading the compartment, and reading the companies. And I'll just talk a little bit further on, on that aspect, just as you mentioned. You know, when we talk about the resort or we'll talk about, let's say, the resort and its application toward maybe the small footprint commercial type building. Um, or the larger footprint residential buildings. So many of our listeners have our small footprint commercial type structures, 30,000 square feet or less, or our mega mansions or larger area residentials at 10, 15, or 20,000 square foot residential. All have similarities relative to the complexities of the program spaces, the uses of the spaces. But specifically, when we talk about the issues dealing with reading the fire ground, the siting of it, the footprint of the location, what type of topographical yep. and geographical elements, uh, topography, landscaping, uh, ancillary structures, primary structures, and then more importantly, just in terms of dealing with environmental factors. So it might be an easy response and siting of your companies dealing with a summertime response, but what happens when that resort primarily functions in the winter months and now I'm dealing with you know, 80 feet of snowfall and I have limited terrain and accessibility and, and many other related elements or I'm in the middle of hurricane or tornado season, or I'm in the middle of the monsoon season. I mean, it, yeah. it's again, it's a functional of the seasonal aspects, but it's also a direct relationship of what and how that building is sited. So, you know, for our listeners, again, we, we have a lot of great archived information on fireengineering.com, on the, on the podcast websites. Take a look at that information. If you're not familiar with these four reads, we've done some programs. Yep. If you're listening live from FDIC, again, if you haven't set up your programs for tomorrow on Thursday session, uh, we're presenting at 10.30 tomorrow morning right after our main programs uh, break out, 10.30 to 12.15 right here in the main conference center on, again, a fire officer's guide to today's buildings on fire. And we will talk about those four reads. We'll talk about occupancy risks versus occupancy types. And then we'll also talk more about, again, how to understand the built environment. So right. one of the things that we constantly have done in our related programs when we talked about commercial, large area residentials, mega mansions, now we're talking about resorts, talk about commercial firefighting. I mean, these are the things that are out there challenging all of our fire service each and every day, whether it be that rural American uh, crossroads in the Corn Belt where you've got yeah. uh, a, uh, a street light that's part of the four corners or part of your main street with type three brick and joist construction and maybe that dollar store or that small commercial building that's there or whether you're right, right in the middle of a very urbanized area with significant challenges. It's, it's everything from the metro size to the crossroads of rural America. It's part of what we talk about. And I think that much of what we try to communicate in at least in our particular niche of the industry it's talking about the, the critical importance of understanding that built environment. And, and again, I, I can't say enough about what I think Chief uh, Halton's insights were to connect that dot in one of his program presentations, again, in your backyard, and recognize how this has been really an uncharted uh, conversation area. Nobody's talking about it. And now, you know, you're, you're presenting that here, rolling that out in a... Um, uh, sort of a piloted program here at FDIC, and I think it's only going to get better as it continues on in that the things. We talked about the different versions even yeah. last night. So we were at an ISFSI's uh, annual show, social gathering, which, again, if you have not 
gone to the uh, ISFSI's booth, which is the International Society of Fire Service Instructors, a good friend of uh, both FDIC, fire engineering, and certainly of the American Fire Service, or actually internationally, I, I shouldn't yeah. just limit it to the American Fire Service. Phenomenal organization, both uh, Doug and I have served as previous um, executive uh, uh, officers. Uh, Doug as a uh, former and past uh, president, and I myself as a former and past uh, vice president of the organization. And I will also say this, so tomorrow is going to be one of the uh, very important days with a, a very major award that's going to be presented, which is the Fire Engineering slash George D. Post Fire Instructor of the Year. And again, without uh, tooting too many horns, but just it is what it is, uh, Chief Klein has been a previous past recipient of the George D. Post Fire Engineering uh, Fire Instructor of the Year in 1999. And I'm going to date myself. I'm going back, and I was the 1988 Fire Instructor of the Year that was presented at FDIC in Cincinnati when it was still in Cincinnati. Yep. But uh, again, we go back. There's just phenomenal things. And, you know, as I look around the, the fishbowl here out in the crossroads of our, of our floor area, Again, future instructors, current instructors, um, this is a phenomenal organization, number one, to be a member of because of the resources, because of the networking opportunities, yeah. because of FDIC and the opportunities that are afforded, the membership and being part of this uh, very profound and historical uh, organization that I think Chief Rhodes talked about it being its 90th year or being in the 90th year of, of being presented here on a national basis. So just a quick little note to our, our good colleagues and uh, a new new board, some new leadership there. But think about getting involved if you're here at FDIC. And if you're not, just go to uh, isfsis.org to the website. If you're here live uh, at FDIC during the course of the week, stop at their booth. If you see us walking around the floors, just stop us. We'll give you some insights, but phenomenal opportunities. And I, I'm certainly very proud to say that uh, ISFSI and fire engineering and FDIC really gave me tremendous opportunities in my 47 years of being involved in the fire service. And it all starts here in the halls. I mean, remember going oh, yeah. to the first FDIC program. And again, my first opportunity in presenting at FDIC was on a building, building construction class. And I will even further date myself with uh, having the profound honor and privilege to have had a, a legend who came into one of my classes at that time. And that was the late Frank Brannigan, who had everything to do with about learning about building construction and really uh, set many of us uh, on the job and in the fire service Absolutely. on that particular path. And I'm just working in his shadows and continuing to, to move forward with Absolutely. understanding building construction. So just a quick little notice, uh, talking about some things here with FDIC Live and just talking about that. But the phenomenal opportunities, guys. And, and again, it, even it I think this standpoint here with FDIC Live, it's it's turned into something bigger and, and much beyond what we first got involved with doing our podcasting here from the floors yep. of, uh, of FDIC a few years back to a, a really high scale level production. So some really good stuff. One of the things I want to talk a little bit further about is, again, we talk about the complexity of resort firefighting. We talk about the complexity of just the built environment. And I'll say that is this is that the, the built environment is developing at such a fast and rapid pace, uh, both in terms of the building sciences and technology, that our, our strategy and tactics are having a tremendous degree of challenge or difficulty in trying to keep up. But we try to simplify that in terms of trying to understanding how buildings are built. So 
I would venture to say if we had an audience here or, or again, our, our, our virtual audience that's out there, I'll, I'll say this sort of rhetorical question. How difficult is it to study building instruction? And, and we know the answer from our standpoint. And for many of our listeners, again, it, it's challenging at best. Which book yeah. do I read? Our good friend of the fire service, a good friend of fire engineering, uh, Chief Jerry Tracy, FDNY, just published a phenomenal book that just is, is again out at the bookstore it's available for pre-order online if you go to fireengineering.com and take a look at the pre-ordering that book which is on high-rise firefighting he's one of 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 two other authors that are presenting uh both presenters as well as the were authors of that book but high rising talking about the vertical challenges just got published so we talk about this complexity of buildings whether it be high-rise low-rise whether it be that small two-story brick and store uh, brick and joist building that's on your four corners or the complexities of podium construction that many of you may be experiencing in your particular locales and in your first due. One of the things that we've simplified is just looking at that built environment based upon five fundamental characteristics. And I'll just give you that take and Doug will talk a bit more about those. But again, it dovetails in whether we talk about resort firefighting or high-rise firefighting or that small single family residential, or yeah. that larger square foot, uh, large area residentials, or something as big as complex as that podium constructed building, or that small foot com commercial building. So fundamentally, I think if we talk about the five fundamentals of buildings and its relationship to strategy and tactics, I'll, we'll give you guys this. This is your sort of nugget and takeaway. If we take a look at building construction, it's understanding the building's anatomy, how the building is built. It's also understanding the era and vintage in which that building may have been built in terms of its particular decade or year of time. That's the first item. The second item is to understanding the building's occupancy and occupancy risk, as well as the characteristics that go into that particular building. The fourth item is the characteristics of collapse and compromise. All buildings, the most important aspect from a command or company or an operational uh, standpoint, command or tactical perspective, is what are the predictability and what are the characteristics of the building's potential for compromise or to the, to the more extensive item dealing with the aspects of collapse. The fourth item is the methods and materials of construction that went into that building. And those have a direct relationship to the building's anatomy and the era and vintage. And then the fifth piece, which makes all the sense when we talk about command and tactics, it's understanding the fire dynamics of the building. So those are the, the five takeaways. So when you got involved, again, we go back to ISFSI, I think one of the pinnacle years, a number of years back, were the Spartanburg uh, burns. And those, the Spartanburg burns and fires really set into motion much of what we continue to talk about here with fire dynamics in our buildings and in our construction. So you were involved in in those burns back in that in that time frame. So let's just connect some things. We've got a lot of research. We've got a lot of data points. Our good friends at at uh, UL and NIST are continuing to promote research yep. and insights coming out of that. But Spartanburg burns were all the start of it, right? And ISFSI was right in the middle of all of that. Well, it was. That came off of an AFG grant uh, that started uh, during the time period that Eddie Buchanan was the president and I was the first vice president. Uh, it continued to actually the burns occurred during my both both sets of burns of the and research that was done in Spartanburg was done during my presidency time period. So heavily involved. But let, let, let's go back a little bit. Some of this information and concepts that we were proven scientifically had already been proven once before. 
just without the scientific data and the research backing that could go with it with Lloyd Lehman, you know, back in, you know, the 50s and the 60s time period that, you know, he began looking at some of those things, you know, the building, the compartment, the company components and, and the tactical pieces that were utilized to suppress yeah. fires. So when we went looking at that, our environment changed. And when I got in, you know, the business in 1979 and began, you know, the firefighting career, uh, it was drastically different. I mean, I went in and had a rubber coat, wool lining, corduroy collar, three-quarter boots, orange fireball gloves, plastic helmet. And, you know, you, occasionally you would drop the ear flaps down. So, you know, especially if it was going to be hot or whatever. The environment was so much different. Now, the fact that the temperatures eventually reached what they do today, it was just how fast it got there. Well, the environment today, a lot of, and you said this, is the materials that go into the building itself, but also the contents. And that's an impact. Uh, nothing has changed strategy-wise, you know, since 1979 that, that has changed, and it was even before that, life safety, instant stabilization, property conservation. So when we talked about, you know, previously in some of your comments, Chris, you, you were talking about the victims, the people that were in there and how you actually, you know, read the building, read, read the occupancy, those type of things. And that was part of resorts. What we found out is resorts have changed and modified themselves a lot. Uh, not only are they where you go for vacation, a lot of the resorts we're now seeing are condominiums that are owned. And people are actually taking up residency there simply because they can work from home. Yeah. Uh, COVID changed a lot about our world that, you know, we have to take into account today from the fire service perspective is there's more people staying home, working from home than ever before. Well, you know, I'll just put, say this. So, you know, much of what we, we talk about fire loads and we talk about building loads. There's also the life safety of civilian loads. So, Resorts, we talk about, and again, there's a great point here. When we, we we used to have, so during daytime operations, the old adage back in in a, in a different time frame of the 80s and 90s, typically during the daytime, it was highly probable that there was not going to be any type of significant occupancy load in a building. Right. The buildings were going to be unoccupied. The workers that normally resided in the buildings were going to be at work or somewhere else and our more higher occupancy loads were going to be in the evening or certainly in the nighttime hours. Now that's all changed, right? And even to the standpoint, we talk about resorts and the occupancy loads that may or may not be there seasonally, right? Right. From that standpoint. So it's just some interesting things. We connect these dots in such a way that I think it's, number one, it's important that we connect these dots. And for our listeners, depending upon where you're at, there's some fundamentals here that when we talk about them, have the ability to expand out into something more complex and something that may very well be applicable to either the, the, the four corners crossroads in rural America or the very significant high dense urbanized areas from from the seacoast or actually from from seaside to countryside to mountainside. Right. And that's true for the single family residentials. It's true for our resort residential type of occupancies. There's certainly not single family where, again, in a particular season, I can be in a mega mansion on the seacoast or on the intercoastal that might have 50, 60 people in it. And, right. and again, in the downtime of winter, 
there may be nobody or again it may be just as bu- as busy or just as filled so and one of the things you mentioned Spartanburg and a lot of folks took the wrong concept out of the information from Spartanburg it wasn't about flowing water from the exterior necessarily that was the common denominator and part of what that was was to show the impact of fire suppression techniques water application on fire dynamics and its impact and how it changed the environment inside. And it was all really focused to the survivability of victims. And, you know, if you've got a department that can put 20, 30 people on scene in five minutes, it's a different ball game than if you're in a rural setting, even, you know, wherever you're at across the world, you know, you may only get three or four people or five people. And it was all about, how can we make our tactics influence the environments so that it's, you know, one of those survivable incidents. And one of the things that came out of that, and honestly, I I learned so much from this. I didn't realize the ignorance level that I had uh, next to some of the scientists. And it was like, yeah, they forgot more than I'll ever know. But the big piece that came into that was not just temperature, because we all talked about how hot it is, how hot it is. And we all related that to temperature, but the side that related to the energy and what that energy mm. was really like. And I think the easiest way to describe that is like a 500 watt microwave to a 5,000 watt microwave and what it's doing to victims, what it's doing to us as mm. responders that are going in, what it's doing to, you know, facilitate the growth of the fire in the exponential fashion that fire grows today. So you talk about, the compartment. So one of the fundamentals when we talk about building construction relates back to three particular components. It's understanding the building, it's understanding the compartment, it's understanding the company. So that that is a, a significant uh, cornerstone of our dialogue and discussion on building construction and occupancy issues. Yeah. So when we talk about the compartment, I'll just put this analogy because our listeners may not make be able to make that connection. So back in the day, we talked about firefighting and operations within a building regarding fire flows relative to BTUs per square foot. BTUs per square foot had everything to do with water flow, putting fires out, extinguishing, and saving lives and saving buildings and property. Now, when we put this in the context of what's happening, we're talking about the aspects of megawatts of energy, which is significantly different in terms of the value. We're also talking about it significantly differently in terms of intensity levels. So it's not only what's burning, it's not just the contents, it's the building contents, it's the intensity level, the shorter duration of time, and the need for much more robust gallon per minute flow rates. So there's a lot of working parts to all of this. And I think our listeners have the opportunity, whether it be taking classes here at FDIC, taking the amount of robust. So we take a look at the training academy, the the very... um, significant opportunities that fire engineering uh, has available to it online regarding the online programs, the lessons and learnings, the podcasts, the webinars. I mean, just such a rich variety of resources that you, our listeners, can reach out to. And again, for some of you that have never heard of these opportunities, here's a great opportunity. Just go to, again, fireengineering.com, go to the website, take a look at the amount of resources, take a look at the authors, take a look at the podcasters, the webinars, um, along with the opportunities that are presenting here at FDIC Live. And if you're listening to this at home or at the fire stations and not in Indy, 
start planning for FDIC 2024. Hopefully, again, I believe that the open call is uh, available currently that opened today for call for presentations yep. for 2024. That will continue on, I think, typically into possibly June or so. But again, take a look at what those deadlines are. If you've never had the opportunity to present at FDIC, why not? I think, again, some of the best presentations are the newest fire instructors. Certainly, it is the national level, and you've got to be, you know, you got to be up to the game for it. You got to have good content, but don't let any of those artificial reasons why you can't present keep you from at least putting something down on paper, getting it out there. Don't feel bad if you get rejected. Not everybody right. gets rejected. There's certainly a lot of uh, competitive nature toward those materials, but there's a lot of fresh new faces that are at FDIC that are on the agenda and are presenting here for the first time on the national level at the, the greatest conference uh, in North America, if not the world. And again, the opportunity for us to talk to our listeners, talk about these particular elements. So it, it's really international. If you, yeah, if yeah. you think about it, uh, the Ukraine, so that, that was just the, get the Ukraine that. firefighters are here standing ovation. Yeah. Oh, that was phenomenal. Uh, yeah, it's just I can imagine what those guys are going through from a firefighting perspective yeah. uh, in their country. And the Mexican Fire Service Group was here. Mexican, uh, Australia's is represented. Uh, Canada. Our good friends in, uh, in Canada, our Canadian provinces. Yeah. So we've got Mexico. We've got Canada, uh, the UK, um, yeah. Australia, Ukraine, Mexico. So it, it truly is an international yeah. uh, conference and an international platform. And it's not only the conversations in the in the classrooms and the presentations, it's the sidebar conversations that we have with our brothers and sisters in the hallways, um, in the restaurants and in the other unofficial Absolutely. after hours areas. It's just amazing sitting here. You can't see it from your vantage point, but we see it from the backside. Yeah. <laughs> there are conversations going on behind us nonstop. There are people that have come by that that we know that have made faces and all kinds of things at us. <laughs> I've brother and sisterhood. Hey, I, best, I've kept right? a straight face so far. <laughs> I know. But, so uh, uh, it, it's great. You know, the best part, the best part about it is you come here and you get a great education. Yeah. Even if you're an instructor, you come yeah. here and you walk away with so much new knowledge. But the thing that you do get is the connection of the networking that is so critical. And the thing that I'll challenge anybody that's here, if you're out in the hallway, you're listening, uh, you're walking past, uh, if you're at home, network. The amount of networking that you do is going to help you in the long run because now you've got springboards. You've got folks that have figured out your problems. They, they know something you don't. So now it becomes a share. And that's the whole piece. That knowledge, like I said, is power, but you've got to share that. And it's so unique. And I wish we could turn the cameras around. They would probably start fussing at me <laughs> for, for turning the cameras around. But, you know, the biggest thing is it's calming down because now we've transitioned into another classroom period. But during that transition, there was so much going oh on gosh, in the hallway. Yeah. I know you could see. hear the buzz. And honestly, it's like right now I'm on fire. I mean, it's crazy. You know, just so our good colleagues like. going by. Yeah. So, you know, what's always very cool, too, is that we've been doing this for, for a long time. So, uh, again, my first FDIC presentation, 1986, uh, first opportunity uh, to present on the national level. And that really has continued forward in, in, in almost a continuous basis 
for these decades of time. And if we're not in front of the classroom, we're also filling seats and just phenomenal opportunities to continue right. to learn and grow. One of the things I want to make mention of, and I actually almost uh, was remiss on that, is that in addition to our roles in, in front in the classroom type setting and in the, our podcasting, uh, presenting here live at FDIC and so forth. We are also providing through social media some other opportunities that our listeners and our followers may not be aware of. We've been promoting that on social media, but we're doing reading the buildings in Indy live also. So we're actually going in and, and posting on our Facebook pages and we're uh, hashtagging and everything again through FDIC 2023, but we're also providing some uh, some insights on building construction, some nuggets and, and informational uh, items there that you can follow on social media, on both Instagram, on Facebook, on our Twitter accounts, and everything to do with FDIC and such. But uh, take right. a look at that. And we posted some things this morning. I've had uh, some other commitments that did not allow me to post some other things, but we've got some really cool things going on over the course of FDIC week. Again, focusing in on our particular niche, dealing with building construction, firefighting operations, command tactics in the streets, and everything to do with this phenomenal opportunities here at FDIC. So you know, we, we talked about ISFSI, and the executive director is just walking by. So, I mean, this is a place to be. Uh, I know Chris mentioned about the call for papers, but I'm going to challenge you this. If you've never been to FDIC or you didn't get out here this year or the COVID years kept you from coming, start now. Start making plans Plan to now. be here. Yeah. There is no other place that I've ever been that has what this place has as a conference. It's it's like it's like Disney World for the fire service. That's the best way I can describe it. And you know, it's so funny. I'm I'm gonna throw a nugget out. My son just got on the job recently, and he um, he's probably on his seventh or eighth shift. I've lost count now. <laughs> you have to get past about five. It's it, it's kind of tough. On his fifth shift, he caught a commercial job and got to fight fire, and he was just, I mean, you couldn't wipe the grin off his face when I saw him. But the Fire Engineering Magazine came to the house the other day, and my wife said that he was like a kid in a candy store looking at that magazine and yeah. reading the articles of like, yeah, the bugs done bought, you know, bought into him hard, you know, it's done gotcha. But if you're not here and you want to be here, you should want to be here. Start making plans, start making some concessions to figure out how to get here. Yeah. You will not be disappointed. I think uh, for our listeners, you'll be so surprised at, at the dynamics uh, of what uh, FDIC has to offer. And, and again, if you're not able to, for whatever reasons, just try to plan ahead at some point. I think like anything else, at some point in your career, you've got to make your way to FDIC and experience everything that it has to offer. And Absolutely. it's all part of that knowledge base. I'll say this again, sort of going back to our focus on our program here. But I'll say this in terms of its importance that, that we continue to advocate and really stress in so many different ways, sometimes in a primary, sometimes in a secondary or ancillary area. But building construction is as fundamental to structural firefighting as water is to fire suppression. If you don't understand those buildings, however complex or however simple, however few or however many there may be in your first due, in your district, in your battalion, 
in your geographical area that comprises your response area, if you don't know anything or have limited knowledge of that built environment, then you're certainly potentially at risk and some potentially serious or challenging or maybe even bad things may very well occur. Maybe not on the next job, maybe not in your career, but certainly at some point in the future. It may be tomorrow. And again, it all goes back to just knowledge, skills, and ability, taking what you're getting as far as training on the local level and expanding it, expanding it out through formal training in the various types of books and publications, online opportunities, listening to our podcast, as well as many of the other podcasts that our other colleagues are presenting here on Fire Engineering blog talk radio. Uh, We're looking forward to some new updated platforms and some other robust opportunities here that um, fire engineering is going to be providing or looking at possibly doing in the near future. So just a lot of great things. Again, I think that um, Chief Dave Rhodes is also has a vision of where we can commence to going next. And it goes back to, again, I I think that if you're able to listen to his uh, presentation this morning when it comes up and, and goes online, it, it's just well worth that listen to oh, absolutely. to really get recharged. If you are in the trenches and are challenged by that local level stuff, as he put it in a very politically correct way, if you're challenged on the local level, there are a lot of opportunities beyond the local level. The, the sun yeah. does not rise and set on your department. There are some other things that are going on that you've just got to reach out to expand your sphere of influence and I think the opportunity is even just listening to two old guys here talk today about some things that are just all part of connecting the dots, trying to create a pattern that might have a relevancy and resonate with what you're doing, whether you're on an engine company and a ladder company, whether you are a probationary firefighter or, or are the most senior man or woman in your organization, that senior firefighter in that organization, or are at the company or yeah. command level. You know, it's so important to stay relevant and to be knowledgeable of what's in your backyard right now and what might be in your backyard that's being built tomorrow that you have yet to see. So a lot of different nuggets, and a lot of different pieces that all pull all this together. Let me make an analogy based upon what you were saying about the importance of building construction, how fundamental it is. And I use this analogy all the time, you know, when I'm delivering programs is building construction is related to the military, just like the fire services for us. It's the battleground for the military. Okay, if you think about what they do from a militaristic standpoint, is they know their battleground at a very intense, intimate level. In other words, there's not a nook or cranny they don't understand or know about because they have put the time in to study it. And and they they really know that. And that's important. It's the same thing about the fire behavior and the fire dynamics that that go with that. The other components that go with that. They know their enemy. They know exactly what they're capable of. They know exactly how they're going to operate. They know how they're going to behave. Back to the words that we use, the predictability of these two. So with the predictability coming together, I, I challenge you to do this. I challenge you to study your buildings in your first do, in your second do, your third do. Get out into the streets, pay attention to what's going on around you and what's being built. The best time to see 
what that building really looks like in its anatomy as it's going in is as it's being constructed. And then you can begin predicting what's going to happen with the fire behavior based upon how it's built, the voids, those type of things. And again, back to what I said, we spend about four or five hours on building construction. We spend four or five hours on fire behavior. We don't go back to that. And guess what? Most of the folks that if you talk to them, that's not sexy. It's not the sexy stuff. It's not the dragging hose lines. It's not the, you know, doing VES or whatever. All that's important. It's work. But these are the fundamentals. It's work and effort, right? So these are the fundamentals you got to have because all that wraps around it. So, you know, we talk about fundamentals. We talk about having to work at, and and there's a lot of effort involved. So there are no simple building reads in terms of textbooks that are out there. There are no simple building reads literally in the streets. Um, it takes a lot of effort and it takes a lot of moving parts. I'll say this, that all buildings are highly predictable in terms of how they will react on the fire ground if we understand those reads. We understand, again, the reads on the building, reads on the compartment, how they will react, how they will perform. All buildings are predictable if we understand those working parts. One of the things that I'll make mention of also is that we have taken the classroom um, or we've taken the study of building construction out of the classroom into the streets. One of the things that we have actually developed and continue to promote and uh, with uh, our good friend who was a um, keynote speaker here at FDIC here today, but uh, Chief Danny Sheraton, who's a battalion chief and commander out of the 3rd Battalion in the uh, Bronx, was our keynote speaker here this morning. And uh, Chief Sheraton and I, along with uh, Chief Klein here on occasion and hopefully in the future, we actually present and take the classroom into the streets, talking about building construction, doing walking tours, taking a look at buildings in the environment, in the streets, going in the in the back alleyways, going into the building, going up right. on roof lines, but understanding the construction, understanding different characteristics of different building types in that street setting. So I will say this, we just recently completed a uh, our 2000, our first 2022 tour in New York City. We do a walking tour in New York. We did just that a couple of weeks ago. We've got another one coming up in June. If you're interested, go online, take a look at that. But again, it's just changing it up. Now, it's not to say that we are the only ones that have the ability to do this. I'll say this and I'll challenge our company officers and our commanding officers out there. Why are you not taking your firefighters out, whether it be a company in in service drill or whether it be a drill session for our volunteers that are out there on on a weekday, weeknight or on a weekend and taking a look your alleyway, your street areas, taking a look at your buildings. It doesn't have to be the formal classroom presentation, which are not dynamic. But really think about going out in the streets. Now, it does take some pre-fire planning. It does take some knowledge that you've got to gain. But think about taking your companies, your personnel out into the streets and in the back alleyways of both new and old construction. It may not have to be the complexity of a particular block area. It may be just one building that's under construction, just as as Chief Klein talked about. Just taking a look at that one building under construction and having the opportunity to look at the building anatomy. Take a look at how components are put together. Take a look at how that wooden truss is built. Take a look at how the assemblies are built. Take a look at what's covering up. You know, the drywall is being applied to the building before it gets occupied and so forth. Those are the nuggets of information that are going to prepare you 
as a company officer at the tactician level or take a look at you at the command level that's developing the incident action plans to figure out what needs to do to understand that building as it exists today and how it may again be occupied and how it may transition to a, a different building when it's under renovation. So there's just Absolutely. so many different pieces of it. And, again, and, it's just, and the piece you hit it, Chris, is I know we, we've done the tour in, in New York with Danny and, and, you know, going around, but we've also done it other places. We've, you know, you've done some Nebraska stuff. Uh, we got one coming up, you know, potentially in Columbia, well, South, Columbia Carolina. South Carolina. Yeah. Um, you know, every place is unique. Every place is different. And your main street, your buildings are different from my main streets and buildings. Uh, you know, we talk about the type three style main street construction. I've got very little of that in the Myrtle Beach area. I got very but little you go of up that. To Conway, in, right? so yeah, you the go, North Myrtle Beach, go, but you go to Conway a, and it's exactly that. Yeah. I mean, and it, that's the uniqueness yeah. that you have about your districts. You know, I'll use our department in Horry County. You go to Station 41, you don't have a main street. It's in rural America. You know, it's completely different. But you go to, you know, the companies that surround the city of Conway that are running in mutual aid to them uh, when there's an event or whatever, you know, that, that's something that's unique as well. You, you know, go different places across the United States. And one of the good examples is just down from Pipestem in the city of Hinton. Yeah, uh, yeah, man, it's that's a phenomenal that's, place to go so look at all so. kinds of different building construction. <laughs> so, you know, you, and again, we, so we're, we're sort of chuckling here as we talk, but you've got to get excited about the built environment, just as excited as one is going to feel when you're showing up and you've got smoke showing or fire showing. So and we Absolutely. use that analogy because guys and I say that affectionately, um, you know, when we talk about buildings we talk about our work environment we talk about our battle space and battlefield if if you don't understand the building then everything else is just a gamble it's just yep. all clearly just by chance we're in the right place even even chief sheridan talked about divine intervention today yeah and, and about other things that sometimes takes us out of harm's way or puts a smack dab in it I'll, I'll say this one of the other things that will segue out as we start closing out our program is that history repeating events we talk about line of duty deaths. We talk about NIOSH reports and the importance of looking at after action reports, taking a look at uh, NIOSH reports, taking a look at any of the studies that are out there, taking a look at what may have occurred in previous near misses. Again, I, uh, the International Association of Fire Chiefs near miss reporting systems. Take a look at the NIOSH reports, right. the after action reports and everything that might be available on the statewide basis or sometimes locally or nationally. There are lessons and learnings to gain some insights on adverse events, things that went wrong or the things that were near misses or those things that led to line of duty deaths. There are lessons and learnings that can be applied to every single one of the organizations that you represent, that your department is responding to that are either similar or identical. And that's what is part of this challenge. That's a part of the journey to be a good, effective firefighter company officer, commander, and instructor. So, you know, there's just a lot of things. And certainly we can keep on going on on oh, this particular topic. I think, absolutely. I think if we don't, if we don't start getting in, putting those uh, flaps down and putting the tray tables up and getting ready to, to land ourselves, we'll, we'll be talking here until uh, 
until tonight when they're closing yeah, the doors. I told them but, we could go yes. a lot longer than the time period. So this but, is a great, great opportunity. So for our listeners, again, we encourage you to go to our online archived podcast on Fire Engineering Blog Talk Radio, fireengineering.com, Blog Talk Radio. Take a look at the archives, not only of our programs, but many, many of our other listeners or colleagues that are presenting. Uh, and again, there's some great, great oh, podcasts and programs. Uh, take a look at the webinars and webcasts that are archived out there. And follow us on Facebook, on Twitter. Follow much of what, uh, again, FDIC is having to offer throughout the week. Listen in on some of the other FDIC live programs that are being presented here. Some other individuals that will be filling the seats and at the mics. Uh, we certainly want to thank our listeners for listening in, whether you Absolutely. are live currently or whether you are listening to our archive podcast. I know I've got another program coming up in a couple of weeks here that we will be either producing live. We typically do our live programs on our podcast, uh, but we also may be transitioning to doing some more formal, uh, polished programs with some uh, recorded stuff. If you're out and about, uh, feel free to catch us here at FDIC. And if nothing else, uh, please reach out to us. We're certainly a phone call, email away. We really look forward to uh, having you guys in our classrooms. I know Chief Klein will be in my class. I was in his class. So really some great, great stuff. Great content out there. It's so, so good to be back at FDIC here in Indianapolis. And again, to, to uh, Chief Rhodes and his words of wisdom here coming in as the new executive director of FDIC and as the new executive editor of a great publication at, at uh, Fire Engineering. We can't say enough about our opportunities to continue to be here in front of our audience to, to the newest, to the oldest, and to be part of yep. a phenomenal family here at, uh, at Clarion and at Fire Engineering. So I'm going to sort of put your closing comments on in, yeah. in image uh, again, footprint. Chris is on tomorrow at 1030. I'll be at the uh, the books and book uh, signing, signing yep. tomorrow at 10 o'clock. Uh, then I'll transition over to Chris's place. I'll be there with uh, one of my DVDs, uh, Servant Leadership, that we did a few years ago. Uh, whole, whole program itself kind of I condensed it down into a very small Reader's Digest version about servant leadership and, and how it applies to, to officers and leaders across uh, the fire service. Uh, the other part of it is there, there are a lot of great programs here. Again, 1030 tomorrow for Chris's program. We hope that you'll stop in there and join us. Uh, stop by the booth, see me uh, with the DVD. Just stop by, say ho hello again, Chris. I'll reiterate, catch us in the hallways. Uh, I can't thank everybody enough for what they've done. And again, the buzz is starting to pick up out yeah, there. And, yeah. you know, honestly... I'm like, a, I've had too much sugar. It's like you gave me way too much sugar right now because I'm all, I'm like ready to go. It's, yeah. you know, I'm the Energizer bunny on crack right there now. There we go. So <laughs> FDIC is our crack. So again, buildings on fire, taking it to the streets. And again, it's in your street, in your backyard, in your hometown, but you've got streets out there. You've got buildings. We got to put it all together to do the job that the public expects us to do is to show up go to work, and meet the challenges head-on. So, again, I'm your host, Christopher Nam on Buildings on Fire, taking it to the streets, and Chief Doug Klein. Go ahead, with, you say it. <laughs> with, with fire and training. And, again, everything dovetails together, and that's, so. that's what it's about. So I, I'm a couple of weeks out from the next uh, fire engineering podcast, but 
uh, feel free to join in. And of course, as always, I invite everyone to call in to be a part of that conversation because yeah, yeah. you bring something to the table. Well, we really, really look forward to some uh, some cool things coming up with Fire Engineering. Yeah. Uh, keep abreast of everything that's going on online, first and foremost, the print. And, and again, a lot of great things coming up in, in the not-too-distant future. So we're going to sign off from FDIC Live right here in Indianapolis at FDIC on the convention floor. floor. So thanks for listening in. See you soon. Stay safe. <laughs>